You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. We've got a lot of work to do. It's very important that um, we share our faith with people and invite people. Um, This is a, a message this morning that I believe should stir all of our hearts There's a call in our lives not only to be saved, but we have a call from God to be disciples, to go out and to witness into all the world. And it's very um, sad to say that, but I think it's something like 90% of Christians have never ever led anyone to Christ personally. And you don't have to, but you need to bring them. And then that's my job. You know, but it's, it's greater if you can do it outside any, any, we're all preachers. So it's important to bring these people to this crusade there in Fairmont because somebody must warn them. And that is the title of the message. Somebody told you about Christ, Rosie. Somebody told you, Andy, and then you told somebody else and, and it's a snowball effect. So there, there is a call in our lives and God he, he, he called to Ezekiel and listen to what he said in Ezekiel chapter three, verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman. Somebody say watchman. In ancient history, a watchman stood on the walls of a city and that was their job is to warn the citizens of their community when danger was approaching So now let's tie that in. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman. He's speaking to Ezekiel unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. Hear what I've got to say, Ezekiel, and then tell them what is going on. He said, when I say unto the wicked, and the wicked is those that do not know the Lord. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning. Ezekiel, if you don't warn them, now hear what he's saying, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. Ezekiel, if you don't tell them my word and my way, this man is surely going to die in his sins. Now listen what he says. He says, but his blood will I require at your hand, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, if you don't tell him, if you don't warn him, then I'm gonna hold you responsible. Yet if thou warn the wicked and he turn not from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Ezekiel, if you tell him what I tell you, if you warn them that the enemy is coming and they do not listen to you, then the blood is not, their blood is not on your hands. Wow. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your name is Ezekiel. Father, we bless you. And God, we give you honor. And God, as we already heard, we bow our hearts before you. God, I pray that you would prick our hearts that our spirit would be touched today, that we would have a desire to warn those around us 
of the enemy that is there to destroy. Lord, speak to our hearts. Stir within us. Set us ablaze. Put us on fire to be able to share your mercy and your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a hand clap of praise while you go to your seat. There's a call. There's a call in our lives. And that call is from above. Evangelism began in the heart of God. And you and I should have the heart of God. God is burdened about sinners' doom. So we look at Ezekiel 33 and 11, saying to them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure, listen to this, God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn you from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? I was sitting at my desk yesterday morning and I was studying and I noticed a lot of cars coming into the parking lot very swiftly. So I walked out to the front and I stood underneath the carport and I, I, I knew what was going on when I got out there. It was gonna be a softball game for the girls over at our field. And I watched and I thought to myself, all these cars coming just so quickly. And I thought to myself, I bet nobody's going to be late for the softball game. And I, thought, and I watched this one dad get out and his daughter looked like maybe she's about five, six. He's tucking her shirt in. I thought, man, if the kid can't tuck her own shirt in, how's she going to play ball? He picks up her bag. These kids now, they got a bag with two bats. When, when I played Little League, nobody had a bat. Coach had a green duffel bag, am I right? Nobody had a helmet. They got a glove for every base that they play. Mom and Dad done mortgaged the ranch, and ain't none of them going to play pro ball. I shouldn't say that. Maybe, maybe one. And I thought, if we only had that desire, to bring our kids to the house of God, to warn them. And then it done my heart good because there is some that we just witnessed. I'm telling you, we had better get our priorities straight because we will answer before God. Do you hear me? Somebody say amen, even if you don't like it. Kind of like castor oil. Some of you don't know what that is, but most of you, the older ones do. You don't like it, but they said it's good for you, right? Anybody ever have castor oil when you was a kid? Amen. It, it, they say it would heal ingrown toenails. I don't know. <laughs> the Lord told Ezekiel to share three significant facts that reveal the depths of his love. God never takes pleasure, well, number one, in the death of the wicked. Never. God doesn't take pleasure is what Ezekiel said in 33 and 11. Second, the Lord has made a way for people to escape sin and death. It's called repentance. And we don't hear a lot about repentance in the house of God corporately in America, but America itself needs to repent. Do you hear what I'm saying? Go ahead and give God some honor this morning. 
Third is the Lord longs and appeals for all to repent. All. What could fix America? You and I. By telling people about Jesus. Can somebody say amen? This is the message that the watchman must proclaim. This is the message that you and I need to share, that God loves us, that God takes no pleasure in us dying, that God wants to save us and he's prepared a way through his son Jesus and all we've got to do is humble ourselves and repent and God is faithful and will save us. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Who are you sharing your faith with? Do the people that you work with, do they know that you are a son or a daughter of God? Do they know that there's been repentance in your life? Second Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Christ is burdened about sinners' doom. Do you hear me? Jesus is waiting. He's not slackful. He, he's not lazy. Why is he not coming back? Because he cares for the lost and he's waiting for more to be saved. And we have a golden opportunity. One of the greatest men of God in the world will be speaking in Marion County right here in our backyard. And all we got to do is go out and share our faith and say, listen, just come with me and watch what God will do in your life. Give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. Are you burdened for souls? Honestly, are you burdened? I, I, I go through town and, and, and honestly, I, I see we, we have so many people on the streets now in our own community and, and between here and Shinston on Route 19, I, I see backpackers and people sitting along the road and, 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 and it burdens my heart. And I've picked some up before and I share the gospel with them. Who are you sharing Christ with? Luke 5 and 32, Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus chose to spend his time with the sinners, not the religious elite. Huh? He chose, that's why he came. He came for you and I. How many's glad that he touched your heart and he called you out of darkness and now you're saved and you're sanctified and you're on your way to heaven, but we need to bring somebody with us. So listen, John 10 and 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. What a shepherd. Laid down his life. He died. A horrible death. Nobody killed him. He laid down his life, Anthony, for you and for me. And we need to tell other people about this. The Holy Spirit is burdened about the sinner's doom. In Acts chapter 1, Come on, Rusty, Acts. Thank you. Chapter one, verse eight, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God will give you the power. So many people tell me it's hard to witness. Yes, it is. It's hard to walk when you're first born, but you take one step at a time and you get stronger. Pray, fill this list out this week. Pray and ask God, who can I put on my list? 
And then pray over this and watch God give you, the Holy Spirit give you the strength to witness to that person and bring them to an event that will change their life. Do you want to see somebody's life change? Somebody say amen. God's burden makes evangelistic, evangelism urgent. If God of the universe is burdened about somebody's soul, that ought to stir us up that we are concerned about somebody's soul. So there's also a call from not only above, but there is a call from below. Unbelievers will spend eternity in hell. Do you hear me? In hell. There's another word that we don't hear a lot about in the house of God. But there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There is no in-between. There is no purgatory. There is nothing. You can't pray somebody into the kingdom of God after they've already died, except a man be born again. He shall not see the kingdom of heaven. And we've got to be concerned about that. So there's a call from below. Second Thessalonians 1 and 8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction, everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord that Paul describes is the lake of fire. Be careful when you're mad and you tell somebody, I hope you go to hell. Been a long time since I said that, but before Christ, I've told people, you can just go to hell. Can you imagine how ignorant that I was? And not only me, don't look at me down that long religious nose. I'm sure there's at least one other person that has thought that or said that to somebody. The place of eternal separation from God, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to go there. And I don't want you to go there and you should not want your friends and your family to go there. That's why we've got to go and speak up and let them know there is a way of escape and it's repentance coming to Jesus Christ and giving him your life. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. I want you to think about this. The people that are separated from God no longer have hope for salvation. Never again. No hope. Gone, Mary, gone. The religious, be careful if you're just religious. People tell me they want to impress me. I got religion. I'm thinking, man, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. You need to have a relationship. Religion is on Sunday morning for about an hour and a half. But a relationship is every day of the week. Someone say amen. The religious, but the lost. We'll hear these words from Christ in Matthew 7 and 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. My, my, my. I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful son. Enter in. Well done, huh? Anybody want to hear well done? Hell is a place of torment. And Jesus said in Luke 16, go there with me. Please, you should have your Bibles. Go there with me to Luke 16. I want to start reading with verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. He had it made, didn't he? And there was a certain 
beggar named Lazarus. Now, let me stop there a second. The rich man didn't even have a name. Think about that. He had everything, but the Lord never called out his name. Think about that. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. I find that interesting, John. The rich man wasn't called by name, but the beggar was. The Lord knew him, didn't he, Mary? Which was laid at the gate, the rich man's gate. Full of sores. Now, if he's laying at the gate, the rich man's going by him every day, every day. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died <laughs> and was carried, man, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. He got carried away. And the rich man also died and was buried. Let's think about the rich man's burial. I bet he had a real nice casket. I bet everybody in town sent him some flowers. I bet everyone puffed up, walking around in their best clothes, talking about this rich man. The sad part is the rich man never knew it. The rich man wasn't there. He'd already died. Went to his eternity. Didn't matter how much money he had. I'm far from being rich. I'm rich in the eyes of God. But April 10th, when I had a few strokes, none of my money was on my mind. Do you hear what I'm saying? And in hell, he lift up his eyes. Uh-oh. Where was he at? He was in hell, the rich man. While his funeral was going on, while the puffed up religious elite was bragging about this man, he lift up his eyes from hell, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off. And what's he see? He sees Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Here, here's what I hear people say. I've heard it before. When I get to hell, we're going to party. You are a blooming idiot. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he said, you're a blooming idiot if you believe that. And he cried and he said, Father Abraham, what? Have mercy on me. Why don't we have mercy on somebody that's in our household? Can I tell you the hardest ones to talk to is your own children. It's your own family. You know why? You don't want to make them mad. I'd rather tick them off than watch them go to hell. You hear me? So he said, send Lazarus. Uh-oh. I had no intention of coming down here and preaching just from this. Send Lazarus. Who are you sending? The beggar. The beggar. The one that laid at my driveway. The one that I ignored. The one that I looked down upon didn't think had anything. This is the one that has everything. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger 
in water. You, you didn't want to feed him. You didn't want to help him. But now you want him to come to your rescue and cool the tongue, my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Tormented. People don't want to talk about hell. I talk about hell. Jesus talked about hell. The Bible talks about hell. I believe it talks about hell more than it does heaven. I'm not trying to scare nobody. I'm trying to wake you up that you can be awakened by the Spirit of God. You can be saved and sent away from the pits of hell, but also that you can be stirred up to tell somebody else that they don't have to go there because God loves them and God made a way. Hell is not a party. Hell is not a Budweiser. Hell is not a joint. Hell is torment. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Sad, sad. What would it profit a man, the Bible says, to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? You ain't taking nothing with you. I hate to be the one to tell you you was born into this world butt naked and you're going out butt naked. Nothing, nothing will you take with you except what you lay up in heaven. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And beside all this, he says to the rich man, between us and you there is a great gulf fix so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Never. Once you're in hell, you are in hell. Bottom line, you're not, once you die, in a second, you'll face eternity. You're not coming back as, as your next door neighbor's cat. You're not coming back. You're not coming back as a cow. Bunch of garbage. It's the word of God. And we gotta have that burning desire to share that. Can someone say amen? amen. And then he said, listen to this. I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would ascendeth him to my father's house. This man's in hell. This rich man, he's in hell. He said, go to my daddy's house. Listen to what he says. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. He's in hell. Ona, and he realizes, but it's too late. My sister sent me pictures this week, a lot of pictures. She's always sent them. When I was a kid and we had a table in my grandparents' house, it was long. And I've been a lot more emotional in the last few months. And things mean a lot different to me than what they used to. And around that table, George Ann, I was one of the youngest ones. And all my, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins was all around these tables. And she sent me pictures from different times. We always went there on Sunday. There was no TV, was no microwave. You spoke when you were spoken to. That's the way Grandpa believed. I don't believe that way. Sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I miss him. I stopped and I told Randy, he thought Randy was talking about his mom and dad. I said, Randy, enjoy mom and dad because once mom and dad is gone, life is never the same without them. Never, never. But I got this piece this week 
because everybody around that table knew the Lord. There's going to be another day going to move from the physical table into the spirit realm. And we're all going to sit down at the table and we're all going to eat. I was thinking about a message for next week about heaven because I'm preaching on hell today. Think about sitting around the table. This thought has been on my mind the last couple of days. Think about sitting around your table. Like my table, there's people, Johnny, that's not there no more. Think about sitting around a Christmas tree. Jimmy, a lot of them people that we sat around a Christmas tree and we celebrated Christ's birthday and we shared gifts are no longer at that tree. And I want you to think about sitting in eternity and your very loved ones not there. And could it be they're not there because we're not the watchmen? That blood will be on our hands, Pastor Rita. It's quiet and it should be quiet. This ain't got nothing to do with a sporting event. It has nothing to do with a political event. It has nothing to do with anything other than eternity. And Mary, once our children, once our grandchildren, once our coworkers, once our neighbors are gone, they're gone. And there's a great gulf and it's up to you and I to be the watchman. So don't be fearful. Be fearful. Get before God and pray. And I have found, and I'll be honest with you, I have found most people just need somebody to tell them. Stand with me this morning. Right now, who's on your mind? This ought to give us a passion for souls. There's a call also from within, the conviction of that small, still voice. And that small, still voice is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. We don't need any undercover secret service Christians. You will be held accountable. You and I, We are accountable that we share the truth. In the last several months, I've preached some pretty tough messages. But I'm accountable to tell the truth. You'll be held accountable. Now listen to what Paul is able to say. Paul, he was a heathen, murderer, touched by God, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. God changed him from it through repentance. You don't get saved just for fire, fire, F-I-R-E, insurance. You get saved to serve. Paul was able to say in Acts 20 and 26, wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I was not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Paul made an astounding claim, a claim which he meant to challenge you and I. He was free from the blood of all men. He said, if any man goes unsaved, it's not on my hands. Paul's saying, because I just told him the truth. 
I've told you the truth today, everyone in this room, and I don't know if one of you in here may be lost, but if you are lost, your blood is not on my hand. There is only one way. It's not through church membership. It's not through baptism. It's not from shaking my hand. It's from humbling yourself before God Almighty, our Creator, and acknowledging that you are a sinner. And Romans says that we are all sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God is faithful and will save you of your sins. If you believe that, give God a hand clap of praise this morning. So we go back to Ezekiel 33 and 6 as I end, as I try to end. I could be stretching the truth a little bit. But if the watchmen see the sword come, the enemy, and blow not the trumpet, and the people not be warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his own iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. There's a call on our lives. And there's a call from without. Evangelism call is heard from those without hope. And many people, they have no hope. They have no hope. They, they feel hopelessness. Man, that's a sad, sad place to be. I'm so thankful that I was born and raised in a Christian home. And my parents were born and raised in a Christian home. But there's many that don't have that opportunity, that pleasure. Listen to some people feel hopelessness. Listen to David as he said in Psalms 142 and 4. I, for I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. No man cared for my soul. Many people think there's no hope beyond this life that once they die, it's over. That's sad. That's sad. Deep within the heart of everyone, deep within the heart of every human, though often they don't realize it, there is a spiritual void that only God can fill. That only God can fill. I heard you speak the other Wednesday night that before Christ there was that void. How many people around you have that void? And Aaron, Adam, we have the answer. We have the answer. Every head bowed and every eye closed. There's a man been on my heart for years and, and I've prayed for him and I was in his office this week. Now I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna be truthful with you. I was intimidated. I've led, I know, hundreds of people of the Lord carry. And I was so intimidated and so nervous. but I'm going to speak up whether he gets mad at me or whether he don't. How about you? I want you to be honest. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If God has laid somebody on your heart during this message, if the Spirit of God in a small voice has spoken somebody, brought somebody to your mind, slip your hand up. Unbelievable. Will you be the watchman? Will you be the watchman? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, nobody looking around. Maybe you're here today and you've never 
personally accepted Jesus Christ. I, I want to say, I want to speak to the teenagers, to the younger people. Pastor Wright texted me this morning and his granddaughter was in a, her name's Mary, was in a terrible, terrible accident last night. She's in surgery, I believe, as we speak, with multiple surgeries still to come, with months of rehab. Her life could have been taken like that, but she's saved. Young people, just because you're young, don't walk out of this place saying you've got the rest of your life. Because James says, uh, chapter 4, I believe, 14, what is your life? It's but a vapor. It appears for a moment, and then it vanishes, it's gone. Before you leave today, you've been warned by a watchman. Don't leave with your heart undone. If you're here this morning, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to single you out. But I'm not going to lead a horse to the water and not give him a chance to drink. If you'd like to ask Christ into your heart this morning, and you'd like to repent of your sins, and you'd like for the God of this universe to be your father for eternity, right where you're at, slip your hand high. Slip your hand high. Not to be ashamed of, but every head's bowed. Slip your hand high. Is there one in the house today? Is there one? Is there one? I want to tell you, sometimes it takes a little while. Is there one? You're just not sure. Is there one? If you're not sure, then you're not ready. Is there one this morning? Is there one? Then every head up and every eye open. Who can you be the watchman for? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Thank you.